long-term broadcast are that it's reliable, you get widespread coverage. Um, with one transmitter, you can cover a very large area. Um, it's also it's free to receive by the listeners. There's usually no cost involved once they've purchased the radio itself. And it scales very, very well. One transmitter can handle one person, or it can handle two million people. It will still work exactly the same way. One of the drawbacks of broadcast is that it's, it's one way only. You can't get a return path. The, the listener can't come back to you on that same transmitter. The internet, on the other hand, um, is very interactive. It's all about two-way communication. And you can identify that individual listener very, very easily to personalise the content for them as well. So once we've identified someone, we can give them a slightly different version of that content if we want to. The issues with the internet is that scaling it is very, very expensive. The more people you have listening to your online audio, the more expensive it gets in terms of servers and in terms of bandwidth. Um, it's also expensive for the person who's consuming that audio. So um, they have to pay an internet service provider, or if they're on a mobile phone, they're paying data usage costs as well. Coverage um, varies. Obviously, it's great in the home where you have a broadband connection, but when you get out on mobile, you've got the problems with uh, 3G networks. The coverage might not be very good. Um, it can be very difficult to get it in rural areas as well. And speed varies dramatically. It can be very fast in a building, but it can be very, very slow on a mobile connection. So the issue that's been plaguing the radio industry for over a decade now is, do we stick with broadcast? Do we move over to the internet and try and make the, use all the benefits of the internet? We believe that's not the solution, it's both. We use broadcast and the internet together and we use the complementary strengths of both platforms. That's where hybrid radio comes in. Hybrid radio is about using broadcast and the internet together, even uh, in a digital future. So from broadcast, we get the benefits um, of it working for a mass market, it's reliable, it's ubiquitous and free, so um, broadcast works in, in really large areas, the signal quality is very, very good, you, you can receive it relatively cheaply on a radio chip, and, and it just works very reliably. The internet can then be used alongside this, so if we're using the broadcast for the audio and its benefits, we can then use the internet to enhance that experience and add other things alongside it. And that's what Radio DNS is all about. So Radio DNS is a, an organisation, we're a not-for-profit, we set standards for hybrid radio and promote the use of hybrid radio. We also run a very small system that um, provides kind of the magic glue that helps a lot of hybrid radio work, which is our DNS root server. I'll, I'll come on to explain that a bit more shortly. Um, we have members from around the globe, and we've been running for just over three years now. And we're all about open standards for hybrid radio. So the way Radio DNS works is that we use existing technologies, we don't try and reinvent the wheel, we don't try and come up with new things for the sake of it, so we use existing technologies and repurpose them for the benefit of radio. So the, the core technology behind Radio DNS, the lookup system, is um, based on the same technology that makes um, domain names on the internet work. So when you might buy your name like, uh, like google.com, the system that converts that name into an address on the internet that the computers understand on the network um, is DNS. And we use that system very, very similarly so that a radio device can work out the station it's listening to on the air, how it can find it on the internet. 
And the important bit about the whole technology is that once it's done that, um, Radio DNS does not sit in the middle like a gatekeeper. There's, the data doesn't continue to go through Radio DNS all the time. We are only there at that initial stage to facilitate the, the first part of that communication. And the technology works around the world. It can work with HD radio in the States. Um, it can work in Europe with both FM, RDS and DAB and DAB+. And in fact, any other country in the world that's probably using FM and RDS technology together, it will work with that technology. So just to give you a very quick example of exactly how it works. We've got a radio station here that's broadcasting on 95.8 FM. And it also exists on the internet at radio.com. So we've got our transmitters broadcasting the station on FM, DAB, DAB+, HD radio. It doesn't matter which one of those platforms it's on. And um, in our FM frequency, we've got frequency 95.8, and then the RDS contains a PI code, which is a short number that identifies each radio station uniquely. So the PI code for capital is C479. The radio receives that, and then it goes straight into the DNS lookup. This is the bit the radio DNS actually runs down here. And it sends that information, it creates this um, domain name, which is based from these parameters we're getting in the reception, so the frequency 09580C479.gb uh, denote that it's a station based in the United Kingdom, .fm.radiodns.org. The DNS server will then respond and say that's radio.com, which means the radio can now close this loop and communicate directly with radio.com where the radio station exists on the internet. So once you've done that, what can you do with it? So now we've got a connection between the radio and the radio station on the internet, we can provide applications on top of it. So Radio DNS acts as a kind of foundation layer to hybrid radio. Once you've got this connection, you can then run applications on top of it. Radio DNS actually has three applications currently. Um, uh, two are finalised and one is still in development. And I'll just quickly talk you through what those applications are and how they work. So the first one is visualised radio. Um, this is a way of providing dynamic text and images alongside radio feed. It's um, similar to technologies that exist already in some of the broadcast platforms. So on FM you get a short station name and you can do radio text. And on DAB you get the scrolling uh, DLS text as well. This is designed to um, harmonise across those different approaches and provide a consistent way of doing it and also being able to do it over the internet but also being able to produce um, visuals as well, which often don't exist on some of those platforms. So currently, um, radio on, on devices looks a bit like this. If you're a manufacturer, there's not a lot of information you've got to populate this screen. So we end up with this very old-fashioned looking dial and a, a large frequency. The idea behind uh, radio bits is that we can make it look like an app. We can make it look much more exciting with visuals and text. And you're not restricted to any particular type of content. It can be music, news, weather, travel, whatever you want to do with it. And it can also be interactive as well. So the slide that you see in there, can you can tap on it and it will take you off to a web page so you can get listener engagement through that. Um, so that's Radio Viz. Beyond that, we then have a specification called Radio EPG. And this is the one that's particularly interesting for the car as well. So currently, um, when you uh, turn on your car radio, you get presented something a little bit like this, which can be quite confusing for a listener. There's a list of stations, they're, and they're, they're by frequency, they might have a name as well, 
but there's not very much information to guide them. And um, also devices often will just provide you a simple way to scan, there's nothing more to do it. With Radio EPG, we can make it look much more like this. We've got full colour logos, we've got station names, we can even provide information like now and next, what's on the station currently, what's coming up next. The way this works is that when you're listening to the station, the audio is still coming as normal um, over FM, but with Radio DNS, we're going to use the IP back channel to receive metadata, including the logos and the, the program information. And it's, it's coming direct from the radio station. There's no aggregator involved in this, so it's not like the systems you see which are based on tuning and things like that, where there's a third party in the middle that provides this content. The radio station is delivering it direct to the device. The other thing that Radio APG um, allows you to do, which is the specific bit for NCAR, is um, service following, which allows you to um, harness the benefit of broadcast, so FM or DAB, when you are um, driving around in an area that's got reception. But if you drive out of the market of the station that you're trying to listen to and you want to continue listening to it, this technology allows you to um, switch to, um, to an IP feed, so you can use mobile internet to continue listening to that station once you're out of the area. The, um, the key benefit for this, particularly in, in mobile environments, is to do with the amount of data you're consuming. So this graph shows, um, based on typical um, UK listening figures for the average week of a listener, you can see um, how much data in the blue bar would be used listening to the radio exclusively using mobile internet. If we compare that to an FM signal and only using IP to do the visuals to make it app-like and the EPG information, we significantly reduce the data. The green bar at the end shows how it can be done even further, particularly with DAB and DAB+, where there are technologies to deliver some of this information over the air completely. The really important bar to draw on this graph, though, is this one, which shows you a typical um, EU mobile data allowance for a month, which is around 500 megabytes. So you can see that if you get your very loyal listeners to listen to your station exclusively on mobile data, they, they go way over their cap. It's a very, very expensive process for them. So to avoid people having to think about this and switch between FM when they're in an area and then go and use IP when they're not, we can do this automatically. And the concept of automatic switching is that, uh, as I was kind of explaining before, when you're in the area, you're getting it over broadcast. When the signal um, eventually fades out, we'll switch over to IP. But the important bit is, when they come back into a reception area, we'll switch back again. So we're only using IP for that very minimum amount of time. I've actually got a um, demo video just to show it working as well. So, hopefully we'll have sound for this. up an application, this application is running on an Android phone that's using Radio DNS. You can see straight away we're getting a slideshow service which is using Radio Viz. This is coming over IP with the audio over FM. And the, the beauty of doing this on a simple mobile phone is that in a moment we can affect the reception to show the effects of when you um, lose service. 
we're actually quickly just scanning through to show other stations as well in the area that are also running um, this services. So this is the national broadcaster in the UK, Radio 1 from the BBC. They're also running a um, visualised service as well. And in a moment we will um, skip back to the original service that we were on, which is um, Heart in Bristol in the UK. We're still currently on an FM service. If we um, go to the top of the phone and pull the headphones out, which provides the antenna to the radio, this will affect the, um, the reception on the service and will then demonstrate the, the service following ability. So the headphones are now disconnected. You can hear the FM reception die. That's the IP kicking in. You can actually see it at the top, it says on. It's not very clear. Um, so this is now getting its, its feed over the internet. We'll now connect the headphones back in again. And straight away we're back on FM. And there's, um, there's a lot of data that kind of sits behind the system to make it work. This is an example of the um, XML document, which is part of Radio EPG. Um, you don't need to kind of sit and read through all of this information. But you can provide a lot of detail in here. Logos, descriptions, um, information on genre, keywords to provide search facilities. Um, and one of the other things that's interesting here on the, on the FM and IP bit is that you can uh, also provide an offset value in seconds, which is to do with when we do that switching, you can explain how much delay is involved in your IP feed to try and blend them uh, more cleanly. So that's Radio EPG. Moving on to the final specification. This is the specification I'm the um, application uh, developer team lead for. So um, come and talk to me specifically if you're interested in this application. Um, radio tag is about um, when you hear something of interest on the radio, you can hit a button on the device um, to express your interest in it, particularly if you're in an environment where you might not be able to get much information at the current time. So if you're busy, you'd be able to say, I'm, I'm interested in this and I want to find out more later. This works fantastically in the car, so to take you through a, a very simple example, we've got a, a visual radio service here again, which the advertiser is playing an advert on the air, we're using radio viz to show a slide, and if you're interested in it, on a car that's got the technology uh, available, radio tag could be a, a, a button on the stalk on the steering wheel. You hit that button and you get notification it's been tagged. And it doesn't just have to work in a car as well, it could also work on a mobile phone. Um, there could be an option in the app to tag it, or you could even have a button on the, on the headphones as well to, to press the tag button. And the idea is that then at a later time when it's convenient, you could get your phone out, or you could go to the radio station website and see all the events you've tagged. And it also has commercial opportunities as well. For example, you see here that we tagged uh, a Kleenex advert for tissues. Um, you could have it so that when you go and view that advert, with the user's profile information they've logged into the website with, they could receive a money off voucher to get the product. So it allows you to um, collect more information for advertisers and provide deals and discounts and vouchers and things like that. So that gives you an idea of three of the applications we've got running on Radio DNS. Um, there are other things that are being talked about. I think we're going to talk about another one shortly which um, can use Radio DNS. The most important thing about it is that it's it's a foundation. It, it lays the, the base for you to write any application to do with radio and IP together. It allows you to very quickly make a radio uh, able to find other information on the internet. 
And Radio DNS is, is trying to become part of this uh, architecture which would allow a manufacturer to um, insert Radio DNS into parts of this, um, this whole stack of information so that the application would actually speak to this, this abstracted layer that would allow it to then find out more information. So the application developer wouldn't ultimately have to think about how they do all of this process. There's just a single layer in the device, in the chip, that would intelligently work out how to get it either over IP, FM, or, or DAB. And that's the goal that we're kind of um, moving towards, and we're working with manufacturers to try and encourage them to adopt this technology. So to, um, to summarise it, radio, radio DNS is all about hybrid radio, combining broadcast radio and IP. Um, the benefits of broadcast for the audio with uh, enhanced metadata over um, IP, and in some um, examples also doing it over broadcast with um, DAB and DAB+. Uh, in Europe, we've already uh, got quite large numbers of listeners being exposed to services that are using this technology, such as the BBC and ARD here in Germany. And um, this heat map shows you interest to the Radio DNS website, so you can see the very dark coloured countries are the ones that have a particularly large amount of interest. So we've got um, quite a bit of interest in Europe and definitely in America as well. <coughs> Lots of members to the Radio DNS project as well. If you're interested in becoming a member or a supporter, or you want any more information, then um, either contact us via email or phone, or you can uh, visit our website as well at radiodns.org. Thank you very much. Andy, thanks a lot. Sounds very interesting. Um, we are on a tech event, so let's talk a little bit techy. Um, if you if you are confronted with the, um, I would say. As a, CB developer uh, in radio stations, how hard would it be to implement such a technology like radio DNS? What do I have to do and, and to whom do I have to speak and what do I have to fulfill and whatever? If you've got control of the um, domain name for the radio station, yeah. it can be set up in minutes. It's a very simple process. Uh, if anyone here today is interested in doing it, we can talk them through it. We've also got the system here today to be able to put records into the centralized lookup so that we can get that, that kind of basic process working. Um, some of the applications that you then build on top of that are, are slightly more complex. Radio EPG is very simple to do, and we could do sort of here today. Um, some of the other ones involve writing a small amount of software, but none of it is significantly complicated. So no experience in Java or whatever is needed to, to implement uh, something like, like you showed? No, 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 absolutely not. Okay, so the guys are over there on the table. So if anyone from you from the stations is interested in uh, diving a little bit more deeper into RedDNS, uh, feel free to visit the guys. They're also having an, a hack project, which we're very interested in. So, uh, thanks a lot, Andy. Are there any questions? Gibt es Fragen? Ja. Hello, what about the cost of uh, using this service, or is this free? Um, so, the Radio Desk uh, lookup um, centrally is, is currently we're inviting people to buy interested um, without an initial charge to, to get it working. Um, you don't have to pay to become a supporter of the organisation either. There will ultimately be a small charge similar to registering a domain name on the internet just to cover the costs of keeping the centralised system running. But it's going to be a very minimal charge. And we're talking about a few dollars or yeah. more euros per year, so this is yeah. not uh, anything in, in the thousands or something. So. No, absolutely not. Okay. Weitere Fragen? <coughs> No more questions? Okay. Andy, thanks a lot.